Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, our first for 2023. So let me start by wishing each and every one of you a very happy new year and hoping that you all had a happy and a peaceful Christmas. I don't know whatever it was about this year, but there seem to be so many people sick, people down with COVID, that RSV virus for many people seemed to have been worse than uh, COVID. There was flu, there was lots of other different viruses and kind of the common head cold. It just seemed to strike so many households this year and it really wasn't the Christmas I think that so many people had been hoping for over the last two years when we weren't all able to gather together because of the pandemic. So many people were anticipating this year and people were travelling home uh, for Christmas for the first time in a couple of years and you know there was, there was an anticipation about it and unfortunately that wasn't what happened for many people when illness uh, struck and I also want to start the programme by mentioning our wonderful wonderful GAA commentator uh, Paddy uh, Palmer who remains in a critical but stable condition in Cork University Hospital and that of course was following an incident that happened near his home in West Cork last uh, Thursday. Paddy is just loved by so many people. He's funny, he's engaging and you know something, he's just an all-round nice man. He is, really is one of the good guys and his commentary, his commentary here on C103 is absolutely legendary and he really has that very rare ability that he's able to paint a picture of what is happening on the pitch of play. When you're listening to Pawdy, it's like theatre for the mind and it's almost like you are pitch side the way Pawdy describes what's happening on the pitch. So we just, everybody here at C103, we just want to wish that Pawdy a speedy recovery and we can wait to have him back behind the microphone. So please keep our party in your thoughts and in your prayers and obviously we're very much thinking of his family as well. 0818 John Paul taking your calls, texts and WhatsApps up and running at 0862 Now a 29 year old man has been charged with the murder of Bruna uh, Francesca in Cork City. The 28 year old Brazilian native was found unresponsive at a flat on Liberty Street last uh, Sunday morning. Ralph Regal of the Irish Independent is joining me this morning with more on what is a very tragic uh, story. Good morning to you, Ralph. Good morning, Patricia. And firstly, Happy New Year uh, to you. Um, such a sad story to be reporting on on the start of a new year. What, what details have come to light so far? 
Yeah, well, essentially what happened, Patricia, was that um, at around 6am on New Year's Day, Gardaí and the emergency services um, responded to an alert and they attended a property at Liberty Street. I know those of you from the city will know where that is, but for, for those who, are, who aren't, Liberty Street is essentially round the side of the old um, uh, Queen's Old Castle and it runs to the back of the courthouse in Washington Street. So it's very central. It's about 100 metres from the Bridewell Garda station and just across the road from a church. So they arrived at 6am, they went to an upstairs flat and the body of a young woman was found on a bed. Now, desperate efforts to revive to revive her were made at the scene, but unfortunately they were in vain. So she was pronounced dead at the scene. Now, Gardy immediately sealed off the area and at a wrong lunchtime on New Year's Day, um, this lady's body was transferred to Cork University Hospital for a full post-mortem examination by the assistant, Dr. Margaret Bolster. Now, Gardy, for operational reasons, have not commenting on the results of that post-mortem examination, but it did confirm that Miss Fonseca, Bruna Fonseca, a 28-year-old lady from Formiga in uh, Brazil, that she met a violent death. Now, we understand that she had been strangled. Now, a man, a 29-year-old man, um, was arrested by Gardy at the scene. Now, he was detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act and taken to the Bridewell Garda station for questioning. And that gives Gardy 24 hours to question um, a suspect. So yesterday, then, we, we, we learned that there was going to be a special sitting of Cork District Court. Now, I was there yesterday, and literally about a minute after 5 p.m., um, Miller Pacheco, who's a 29-year-old Brazilian national, and um, he was charged with the murder of Bruna Fonseca, contrary to common law. Now, uh, Mr. Pacheco is a former partner of Miss um, Fonseca. Now, he appeared in court wearing a black jumper, a black uh, pants. He didn't speak during the brief hearing before Judge John King and Detective Garda Podrick, um uh, uh, Sullivan basically told the court that when the, the charge was formally put to him through an interpreter, Mr. Pacheco um, said he had nothing to say. Now, Sergeant Pat Lyons um, applied for a remand in custody because it was a murder charge. Only the High Court can deal with the issue of bail. So Sergeant Lyons applied for a remand in custody for a period of a week. And uh, Judge John King remanded um, Mr. Pacheco uh, in custody to appear again via video link uh, before the district court next Monday. Now, Aoife Buttermer um, was the defence solicitor and she applied for free legal aid on behalf of her client and she also asked that any medical um, needs that he might have that they would be attended to while in custody. So, it, you know, it really was a desperately sad um, development given the fact that there was so much concern about the number of violent deaths in 2022 yeah. and that this lady's body was discovered just six hours into I, the Another name to, la- to add to that um, already very, very tragic and unfortunately long list. And t- Ralph, I believe social media also helped the Gardaí in tracing Bruna's final few hours. Yeah, very much so. There were some very interesting um, developments in the Garda investigation. Um, number one, uh, uh, Miss Fonseca was out on New Year's Eve with some of her friends to welcome in the new year and we understand that CCTV security camera footage is, is going to prove very important in this case um, because of the, the the way it details the movements of a, of a number of people but also social media because Gary have been able 
to trace the movements of Miss Fonseca from various social media postings on New Year's Eve. And even more importantly, they've been able to determine precisely who she was with on the evening um, just a couple of hours before she met her death. And do we know uh, much about Bruna Fonseca when and why she came to Cork to live and work? Yeah, yeah. it's one of these awful stories, um, Patricia, that there's there's layer upon layer of tragedy. I mean, not only the manner of in which this, this poor lady um, met her death, but also the fact that she was quite young, 28 years old. She'd come to Ireland in the hope of, of forging a, a new and better life for herself. Um, she was a university graduate. She was from Formiga in Brazil. She'd attended university and she had worked as a librarian in Brazil. Now, anyone, I think, who has seen the coverage of this case in the newspapers would realise that she's a very striking lady, a very, very glamorous woman. And, uh, you know, she'd only been in Ireland for a matter of months. She had got a job working for Bidvest Noonan. Now, they're a specialist contract cleaning company. And amongst her duties was cleaning um, and work at the Mercy University Hospital. And again, another layer of tragedy, her body was discovered in this flat, which is located just about 100 metres from the Mercy University Hospital where she used to work. And a very moving tribute was paid to Miss Fonseca, both by the Mercy University Hospital and by Bidvest Noonan, who basically said that she was a very diligent worker and she was very highly regarded by her colleagues. And I think it's it's testimony to the type of woman that she was, that even though she was in Ireland for just a short period of time, that she had that, that there was such warm tributes and she had made such an impression on the people she worked alongside. Yeah, and I was thinking when the news broke, I was thinking of her family getting that dreadful phone call to say that their their loved one had died in, in such a, a tragic and a brutal uh, way. Do we know if any of her family will travel to Cork to, to help organise repatriation of her remains? Yeah, we're waiting to see what's going to happen in relation to that. Um, Patricia, I mean, certainly there seem to be a number of friends who were in court yesterday. There was a small number had attended yesterday's special court sitting and the Brazilian community in very tightness and they very much look after each other. Um, so we're just going to wait and see in terms of in terms of judicial developments and then to see uh, the release of the body to the family and whether there would be a, some type of a funeral service here or whether the body would be immediately repatriated back to Brazil. Dreadful, dreadfully sad. Listen, Ralph, thank you for that. My pleasure. And uh, thanks for joining us. That is uh, Ralph Regal of the Irish Independent uh, newspaper. And uh, we think of Bruna Fonseca and her family. Uh, such tragic, tragic uh, case. And thank you to people taking time out to send in New Year greetings to all of us here at C103. Many happy returns to each and every one of you. And thank you for taking time out to send in your texts and your WhatsApp and a WhatsApp name from somebody uh, new to the West Cork area wants to know where they can dispose of the real Christmas tree. Time to take down the decorations and if, I, I certainly hate taking down the decorations. I think the house looks so bare when the decorations come down but some people are already getting ahead of the posse and taking down the decorations. Now normally the council organise drop-offs don't they for, uh, Chris, for the uh, real Christmas trees and normally we will get a list in from them to say where uh, the Christmas trees can be dropped off so I'll check in I'll get John Paul uh, to check in where across the city and county are accepting Christmas trees. Gardaí have confirmed that they are investigating the theft of cattle including a prize bull from a farm near Ballyvorney. It happened a couple of days before Christmas. Now the farm is owned by Jack Corkery and joining me this morning with an appeal for any information is his daughter Anya. Good morning to you Anya. 
Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. You're welcome to the programme. When did the family realise that the cattle had been stolen on you? Well, my father goes back every day to feed them, check them, make sure everything's all right in the farm. And he went back Christmas Eve and he opened the door to the shed and the first thing he noticed was that one of his gates was damaged. Then he went over looking at the gate and as soon as he was at the gate, he noticed that his pen was half empty, that his Bull was gone, four cows and two four-month-old calves had been taken. Good. So Christmas Eve, and he would have checked them, I take it, the previous day? Yeah, he would have checked them the previous day at about 3pm, which is later than usual. And everything was okay? Everything was perfect. And then what time was he there on Christmas Eve? At about midday, one o'clock. Okay, so it's sometime between mid-afternoon on the 23rd and lunchtime on uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, I, I, these, I mean, I mentioned um, a prize bull. What, what would the value of all of the cattle that were stolen collectively, what would the value have been? Collectively, they would have been somewhere between 10 and 14 grand. Wow, wow. And, and you say calves were stolen, so taken from their mothers? Yes. Ah. And have you any details? Uh, I mean, obviously, transport had to have been used at this stage. Any details of what type of transport was used? So we know it was a dark coloured Jeep. We figure possibly a Volkswagen towing a triple axle trailer accompanied by a small red boxy car. We have them on CCTV footage passing the top of Coombe and Coulee National School after two o'clock in the morning which would directly lead down to our out farm. Yeah, and unusual to have those kind of vehicles on the road on 2am in the morning. So we're assuming it was overnight then it happened. Do do you, Anya, and indeed the rest of your family, do you believe this was a well-planned theft? Definitely. For them to be able to divide out the cattle, take them away, um you know, have the right equipment, the right size trailer. They knew what they were doing. And the farm is in a very unusual place. Like, there's even a few locals around who weren't 100% sure where the farm was when they heard it happened. Yeah, so they, they had they had been in the area before. Yeah. Yeah, which is, which is awful, awful to, to think of. Has anything like this ever happened before on your, on your farm or indeed on neighbouring farms? No, this is the first thing of this type that's ever happened in Balavorny. Everyone is completely shocked. And this may seem like a really dumb question, but what what would they what do you believe the thieves would do with cattle? What what do you do when you rob cattle? Either they'll kill them and sell the beef or they'll um, get tags off dead cattle that haven't been registered as dead and swap the tags. That's a lot of work. That's, uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, a bull, I wouldn't go anywhere near a field with a bull. It's, are these people, to, I mean, do they know what they're doing? These people are well used to cattle because these cows were inside with pen with seven other cows. They were able to divide them out and load them. Like, we load cattle back there, you know, once or twice a year and we do have trouble enough loading them ourselves. And those cattle know us and we know them and we, you know, we have everything set up properly to load them. 
you know, whereas this is happening in the, in the dead of the night with people who are not, who, who the cattle wouldn't be uh, familiar with. Is it unsettling on the rest of the herd? Very much so. Like, those cattle would be extremely used to my father. Like, he could go up and he could lean against them and they take no notice of him. And the day we went back, like, there was cattle in the shed literally rattling. Oh, bless now, I know you put up an appeal um, on social media over Christmas. What what response did you get? Um, brilliant response. Do you know all the locals around check their CCTV to see did they pass in by any chance? Um, we've had people back Kerry checking CCTV to see could we narrow down which direction they went. The guards have told us that their phone has been hopping with, you know, potential leads. Great. Great. That's, I mean, that's all very positive. That really is. I mean, and for your family and for, I mean, I imagine this is very upsetting for your dad, Anya. Yes, extremely. Do you know, he left school at 13 to work on the farm. He's been working there nearly for 73, nearly 74 now. Do you know, it's 60 plus years of his life. Yeah, and, and, and he knows that he knows these animals so well and... Yeah. You know, like, um, as I was saying to people before, he'd know those cattle in any field, any shed, any marked ring. Yeah, so even if, if anyone someone has any tried to change the tag, somewhere, yeah. please contact the guards because we can identify them anywhere. Okay. okay. And we have photographical evidence of all the cattle in the yard. And I suppose it's a word of warning to other farmers as well. I mean, it's it's an unusual... I mean, I'm assuming the guard here even saying this is an unusual case. I suppose so, yes. This is the first time they've ever... I've been looking at a few reports about cattle theft and this is the first time they've ever taken a mix of animals. They've usually either taken just cows or bullocks, but they've taken a mix of cattle from us. Yeah, could you, would you really wonder what they're up to? You, you really would. Okay. And it's uh, McCroom Guard, the station, are investigating 026 20590. 026 20590. Uh, listen, uh, Anya, pass on our best wishes to uh, to your dad because, you know, um, uh, it's as, as you say, it's his entire life has been spent farming and for something like this to happen it can be really really devastating and not the way you want to celebrate Christmas or start a new year and listen thank you for taking time out to talk to us today Thank you very much for helping us with our investigation Good morning to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Anya, Cor- bye-bye. Anya Corkery, a daughter of Jack Corkery, uh, whose farm had their cattle taken. The Christmas Eve, the, the 23rd into the early hours of Christmas Eve. I mean, it does look like the fact that they have the CCT foot, CCTV footage from 2am on Christmas Eve. It does look like the raid was taken in the dead of the night to make sure that nobody would see what was going on. So anyway, within information, please pass it on to McCroom Garda Station 026 20590 John Paul taking your calls. We've had an email in about post. Did anybody have post delayed uh, over the Christmas because Jacintha got onto us from Bandon 
not a happy camper at all. And she writes, Patricia, I am so sick of everyone telling us to use our local post office, which is something I've always done in the past. But I do feel the service now has gone beyond a joke. I received my last post on the 19th of December and I got nothing between them and till after Christmas. Um, Between then and Christmas Eve, which was the last day for delivery, my post box was empty. I then met with people who started saying to me, did you get my Christmas card? And I had to say, no, I haven't had any post since the 19th of December. Then a parcel, which on post claimed was delivered to my house, never arrived. I rang on post twice. Once was told, oh, you'll receive a call back. I'm still waiting. The second time, whoever was talking to me hung up. I've since emailed and I've received nothing back. Now, the parcel that I was waiting on that was said by on post was delivered was Christmas present. Now, thankfully, it was only a stocking filler, but nonetheless, it should have arrived on time. No one now can tell me where this parcel was. And I doubt it was stolen because another parcel from the same company arrived this, the following day and that was untouched. On the delivery note, another parcel tracking number, not mine, is included. So my educated guess is that my parcel has somehow been delivered to the wrong address and has ended up at, at the address of the other parcel tracking number. I await on Post's reply, but I'm starting to lose faith. Every other courier company I used were excellent in the run-up to Christmas, but on Post either need to resource their company up or they need to give up the business completely. I'm wondering if you could give a shout-out on your programme to see were others in the same boat as me. I Yeah, I certainly had delayed Post um, with c- some cards that I sent, Some and some of them were a bit weird. Cards that I'd sent in Ireland arrived in various parts of Ireland within a day or two of me posting and then others I was getting messages from people after Christmas saying that your card has just arrived and certainly I received post not yesterday because that would have been a bank holiday when did I get post I must have got post on Friday and I did check the date you know the, the, the post stamp on it and it certainly had been posted prior you know early in Christmas week but it certainly didn't arrive until after Christmas but I did kind of think oh, that's just down to the busyness of it all but it does seem strange if a parcel that says has a tracking number two tracking numbers I mean on post definitely have some questions to answer there and certainly where has that parcel gone so did anybody else was anybody else left disappointed I suppose in that items that were posted that you want to arrive in time for Christmas that they simply didn't arrive and didn't arrive until after Christmas. 0818 103 103. Because I've got, I mean, I do think our postmen and women work so incredibly hard. And in the run up to Christmas, it is the busiest time of the year. And we certainly are constantly reminding people to post things in plenty of time to make sure that you get things away in plenty of time. I mean, we know that there was a, an issue with the Royal Mail in the UK because they had six days of strike action so certainly there was a delay in cards coming from the UK I'm still awaiting some cards that I'm expecting from the UK I haven't received them uh, yet and there certainly was delay with post going over and back between the uh, UK but I mean on post I I certainly have great faith in them I I do think they're really really good Uh, whether it's just a glitch that's happened at Christmas because they were literally so busy I don't know but let's wait and see and let us know Jacinta how you get on when on post replies children's clothes swap which is going to be held in Cove at the end of this month. I'm joined by Yvonne Redmond. Good morning to you, Yvonne. Good morning, Patricia. Happy New Year to you. And many happy returns. Now this event is not only good for parents but it's also going to be hugely beneficial for the environment, won't it? Because it's it's reusing items. 
Absolutely. Um, I have a seven-month-old who you might hear in the background is a bit chatty at the moment. Um, and we already have bags and bags of clothes that, you know, he's grown out of. And rather than, you know, throwing them in the bin and then, then going to landfill, you know, there's there's always a second lease of life in a lot of these things. So it's great to be able to um, to pass all these things on. So um, we, myself and a group of um, mums here in Coles, we've come together and we've formed something called a Coles Neighbourhood Network. And with that in mind, we want to start running various community events um, with you know community connection and sustainability at the heart of all of these events um, here in Coles. So... We're kicking off with our very first event now, which is the clothes swap. Um, brilliant. It's brilliant. At the and end of the month. Yeah. So ju- just tell me how the kids' clothes swap will actually work on the day. So it's a free event. So it's happening on Sunday, the 29th of January. Um, it's going to kick off at 10.30 until 1 up in the Cove Community Centre. It's absolutely free. So you come along and you can you can take whatever you want. Um, as long as it's getting a second use of life, we're happy. Um, so in the meantime, we are looking for donations from people. So between the 22nd and the 28th of January, so the week leading up to the event, we're looking for people to donate um, kids' clothes. So that's anything from newborn up to teenage years we're looking for. Um, we'll also take shoes, books, toys, even maternity wear. So um, with that in mind, um, we are being sponsored by the uh, Cove Zero Waste um, which do a great job here. Um, we wouldn't be able to run this event without them. They're kindly sponsoring uh, the Room in the Community Centre for them. So we have to give a big shout out and a thank well you done. to them for well this. Done. So you'll take uh, in the bag loads and I imagine you're going to receive bag loads. And will you try, yes. will you try and then <laughs> sort them out like by age yeah, range? We're, yeah, that, that's our intention anyways. That we'll, we'll narrow it down as much as we can um, I suppose there's a small group of us that are, are running this, so it'll depend on how much stuff we get, but ideally we want to narrow it down as much as possible. Um, so it'll be a busy week for us, definitely. It will indeed. It will indeed. And is that, is that a common thing that you hear from other mothers, that they talk about children growing out of near perfect? If, if, yeah. if, I mean, even with your seven months, I guarantee you probably have clothes that are brand new, the tanks oh. are probably still on. Absolutely, and yeah, sometimes you get presents, and yeah. you know, they, you know, they're they're bought with the greatest of intentions, but they might be for the wrong time of year. I mean, we had lovely shorts that somebody got us, <laughs> but they only fit him now, and <laughs> not exactly short season, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, you really when uh, when you're buying for a newborn, you have to think ahead. You really, really have to think ahead. Of, yeah. you know, if you're buying something for a six month old, yeah. what's the season going to be like? And then, of course, yeah. your six month old could be completely different in size to my six month old. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. They grow out of them so quickly. And then even with Christmas in mind, I'm sure there's lots of parents there now who have kids with new toys and suddenly the old toys are all forgotten about and, you know, they've moved on. So, um, yeah, so look, it, it can be an opportunity for people to do a bit of a clear out now and, you know, you know, it's not often you get things for free as well. So yeah, there's yeah. going to be a whole range of stuff there for, for Yeah, and, you know, from. let's also uh, be very mindful of uh, we're in a cost of living crisis. There Absolutely, will be, yeah. be, you know, mums and dads uh, listening today yeah. who are struggling and struggling yeah, to buy absolutely. clothes 
for a child that's you know has had a growth spurt and suddenly is yeah. doesn't so I mean it's a, it's an opportunity and the fact that it's free for everybody nobody knows the reason why you're going in to pick up your bits and bobs. Yeah, it's it's open to absolutely everybody. Um, you know, there, there's no restrictions there. Um, just come along and take what you need. Um, we are th- we are thinking ahead to other events as well, and, and something that people seem to have an interest in is uh, a school uniform swap as well. So we were thinking in the summertime we might do something like that. Um, with an old school yeah, uniform, there's a big uh, expense for people as well. Yeah, and as the the children break up from school, mm. that's a really good time because you know people are assessing whether that uniform is not going to fit in September, but it could be perfect yeah. for somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And tell me about the the Cove neighbourhood network. So. Uh, we all met through something called Mums Club. So I have to give out uh, a shout out to Tanya. Um, she runs Truly Scrumptious, the little coffee van there on the promenade in Cove. So Tanya actually um, formed Mums Club, um, whereby we meet up on a Wednesday on the promenade. And it's it's open to all new mammies to come along and, um, you know, get to know each other, come down, have a cuppa. And, you know, it's a great way for mums to connect. Um, and Tanya is great. She comes along with uh, cakes and even puts down a little mat for the, for the babies and everything. So it, it's a great little community here in Cove. And out of that, um, a couple of us got together and, and formed the, the Cove Cove Neighbourhood Network. And really, we started off just um, with the clothes swap in mind. You know, the, the chat in the group was all... Uh, about you know does anyone want this or that or the other you know because people were growing out of stuff and we kind of thought do you know what we should do a clothes swap because it'd be great to you know have a bigger event and and, um, you know where we can pass on all of these things and I guess it kind of grew arms and legs then that you know out of the clothes swap we said well you know this doesn't have to be a once off we can do more stuff like this and we're all you know as we call it, blow-ins to Cove, really. Uh, none of us are originally from Cove. Um, but we really appreciate what an amazing community there is here at Cove. And it's really, you know, we've really found our village here. And um, we want to kind of share that, you know, well done, that sense well of connection and, and, and I do think I do think those mums clubs are, are, are brilliant, as you, as you say, particularly yeah. people who've moved into, um, you know, bought a house or oh, renting a house. Yeah. yeah and, and you're new to an area and suddenly yeah. you're home on maternity leave with this little bundle of joy. You mightn't have yeah. any family living close by who can po- call into you or you can call to yeah. see them. So you need that new community. It's That Absolutely. new community is, is so important. It's, it's a reason to get out of the house, you know, which is which is so important for your mental health, and just that bit of connection there with somebody is is, um, is amazing. And as um, I, as I said at the outside, this is also good for the environment and anything we can do. Yes, to yeah. So we're delighted that we're able to to give back to the community and support the environment, you know, for our our future kids, you know, um, when they're grown up. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Well done, well done. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll keep a note of the event and I'll mention it again closer because I know it's not on until uh, the end of the month. But yeah. in the meantime, for people to mark it in the diary, it's the last Sunday of the month, 29th of January, from half 10 until 1 yeah. in the Cove Community Centre. But it's the, now is the time to start sorting out yeah, the clothes absolutely. that you and want to Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone wants to get in touch with us, um, we do have a social media 
page on, on Facebook and Instagram. So if you look up Cove Neighbourhood Network, you'll find us. OK. Good luck with it, Yvonne. And if there's anything else we can give you publicity on, uh, stay in contact and let us know. We'll be only too glad to give it a mention. Thanks so much, Patricia. Okay. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. And your, and your seven-month-old has been perfectly behaved tell him it's, is it a, I, is I have it, to admit my husband has swooped in there ah, now is it, is, it a, is it a little boy a I, little boy Levi yeah Le, Levi oh what a gorgeous name okay we'll let you back to Levi and thanks to the hobby as well thanks Yvonne <laughs> Thanks Good so morning, Gia. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That is uh, Yvonne Redmond from the Cove Kids Children's Swap, part of the Cove uh, Neighbourhood Network. Uh, good luck, as I say, to everybody involved in that. I do think it's a, it is a terrific idea, but it, there will be there'll be another spin-off and a benefit for people who find themselves struggling at the moment with bills coming in and large bills coming in. And if suddenly you've got children going out of clothes and children of all ages grow out of clothes very, very quickly indeed, this will be a help to so many parents. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of us still dragging the last few days out of Christmas. We all know the day is looming when the decorations must come down and all be packed away for another year. So with the start of the new year, it's also a good time to think about decluttering and maybe, just maybe, getting rid of some of the items around our house that we no longer want are indeed no longer need. With expert words of advice, I'm joined by Anne-Marie Kingston of White Sage Decluttering. Good morning to you, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Patricia, uh, and happy new year to and, you and your listeners. And many happy uh, returns. Is the start of the new year a perfect time for decluttering? A kind of a little bit of a out with the old and in with the new kind of a feel. You know what, Patricia, decluttering is for all year round, to be quite honest. It's not just for the new year, but it's a great start, obviously, when you're ringing in the new year to get started and if it's one of your goals to, to get stuck in. And it is, it's a kind of a goal that we can all achieve. You know, sometimes people set unrealistic goals. This is something personal to every person that you can do yourself. You can. And I'm all about, Patricia, like breaking it down into small chunks of time. A lot of people, you know, they say they'll declutter the house over a week or over the weekend. I am always saying break it down into 10 or 15 minutes. Do it shelf by shelf. Because if you go all in, Patricia, to it, that's where the overwhelm comes in. And then you're going to have see no results. Yeah, and then you think, I can't do this. I just can't do this. But let, let, yeah. let's stay with the Christmas decorations that I mentioned uh, in, the, in the introduction. I mean, over the years, we accumulate too many decorations. Let's be uh, realistic about it. How do you suggest sorting them? So what I've actually, I'm very naughty. I've actually taken down my decorations. <laughs> I'm not traditional whatsoever, Patricia. So what I do myself, I have, okay, I have a large storage box. We have two Christmas trees and I have a small or Christmas tree for the kids, which I call the kids Christmas tree. So I put all my baubles into that. Um, and I go through again, like what didn't come out, say for this Christmas just gone. This is a great opportunity like to clear out decorations you haven't used in the last, say, 12 months or two years. Usually, they could be broken, they're not working. And again, our taste change, our styles change of the Christmas tree. And you just have to clear out what's you know, not being used, 
and use then what you're using. Like a good tip, Patricia, I'd always say is if there's something coming in, regards to the Christmas decorations, there's something going out. Yeah, so if you got a new, um, for example, this year, I got a new centrepiece, you know, yep. for holding candles. Um, so last year's one, I looked at and said, oh, I'll leave that now up in the attic because I got a new one for this year. I'm unlikely to ever use last year's one again, the fact that I didn't use it this year. Usually you won't. Yeah. Um, again, it's a great time. Like, I'd always say, some of the Christmas decorations coming down, Patricia, literally take every Christmas decoration down. It's the only way to really just do a proper declutter and a cull of the Christmas decorations. Yeah, and then I'm a big fan of packing them away properly so that next year when you take them out, the lights work. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> don't toss them into the box. No, don't toss them. And I was there, the other, like even last night, I use just like the old fashioned way. I have a piece of cardboard and I wrap my lights around it. Yeah, the tip that I... In a ball of lights yeah. for Christmas for months. And and I watched people again on social media at the start of December with, uh, you know, saying, oh, it happens in every household. I'm thinking it doesn't happen in every household. The tip I got many, many years ago, it's the inner inner tube from your tin foil or, and particularly at Christmas, the turkey foil. That's a longer roll and you yes. can you can wrap it. And they're usually the cardboard is quite hard, uh, yes. quite, quite good quality cardboard. Wrap it around that and, and then place it into the box. And believe me, your lights. Well, I've got lights. I can say they're going for years. I never have to replace my lights. But it's just to, just to pack them away uh, properly. Then the general decluttering of the house. I know you're saying you break it down. Do you break it down room by room as well, um, Anne-Marie? I, what I would do, I suppose, personally for myself when I support clients is I do a room by room. Where I see people go wrong is, and they don't see the transformation and they get frustrated, it sticks to one area or one corner. Again, sometimes when we get overwhelmed, we kind of have to come out of that room and say, Do you know what, this isn't working for me. And that's okay too. But just keep tipping away at it. If it's only 10 or 15 minutes, and I'd always say, look, a great tip I'd always say, and I've always shared it on my page, is setting your Fitbit or your phone for, say, 10 or 15 minutes. And I know I have to do this when I have, if I have a deadline for something in my business, I set the phone and it just puts the focus on. So when you have the focus on, you'll be surprised when the 15 minutes is up, you'll hit uh, restart. And before you know it, you might have an hour's decluttering done, Patricia, without even thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. Say in a, in a, a typical kitchen, if you're, you open up the cupboard and you say, okay, I want, I want to, I want to really declutter in in that cupboard do you do you shelf by shelf do you take everything out and then how do you decide what goes back in so for instance i'll just take in the kitchen just say i don't say the first place in the kitchen to start is your food food stuff because you'll be surprised that there'll be mixed herbs that's there from 1996 in the back <laughs> of the cupboard <laughs> <laughs> it happens every time Patricia. yeah and it happens in every house Absolutely. Because you know what, the time, I even find as well with medicines, and thank God we're, we're rarely sick, but you know, prescriptions go out very quickly. So it's just been able to see stuff. So 
like with the food stuff, like taking everything out, um, dish of hot water, nice soapy water, and give the press a good clean out, good freshen up. Then go through, go through your dates. You would be surprised between the fridge, the freezer, the food stuffs, the medicines, the items that will be gone out of date. So straight away, straight away, then you've got less to put back in. You have in. less straight away. So then you're again, you're grouping. So like, for instance, putting your pastas together, your sauces together, your soups together, your biscuits, you're grouping everything. So when you go to shop, I'd always say, take out a list, Patricia. Because uh, I found a lot of people would share with me, there might be a few people shopping in the house. And then there could be 10 and 20 packets of pasta. There could be so many packets of veg. But if you have one list, one master list, write down exactly, do a stock take, what you're actually blowing and what you're actually out of. And buy what you need. I've mentioned this uh, a few times. I've noticed in the certainly in the last number of months, and I'm mm-hmm. convinced it's to do with the, the cost of living crisis. The amount of people I see in a supermarket with a shopping list that never before I never noticed so many people with shopping lists and people ticking off what they're buying, that people are being careful about when it yeah. comes to food waste. And, and I do think that's to do with the cost of living. Absolutely. And we see, you know, like we're very, we're very aware, I think, now as well, as you said, mentioned with the cost of living, what the, like the prices, you see the chunk, when the prices are chunked up and you're like, oh my God, I only paid a certain amount for that maybe two weeks ago or a month ago. So people are definitely aware to get more conscious as well of our waste going out. And yeah. if you have a list and stick to it, or even a lot of people do meal plans, it's great to see exactly what we're spending. Yeah, and it'll also keep it'll also keep those cupboards that you've cleaned out and decluttered a lot uh, tidier. I I did a clear out of the food cupboard before Christmas because I knew all the extras that would be coming yes. in, and I I won't tell you I found a packet of pasta at the very back of the cupboard, yes. uh, with a, a, a well gone by sell by date. I can tell you. Yep. Now I know you're a, a big fan of uh, recycling. So would you say to people? Obviously, we're not talking about the food stuff now. We're talking about moving on with other parts of the house that you're decluttering. Is it donate to charity? shops? Is it pop along to your civic amenity site? What do you suggest? So with recycling, I'm all about, all about sustainability and being aware. The amount I'm very lucky here in Clannacilty, I support with my work, I support I have seven charities here in Clannacilty which is absolutely amazing. So if there's one charity won't accept certain items I know the charity will take it no, obviously there's certain items that charities mightn't take, for example, electrical items. And if they're working properly, Clannacilty, uh, donate and free page. I'll put the items up there and they're gone. They're snapped up straight away. Yeah, there's an act of kindness page in Mallow that's similar to that as well. You'll often yeah. see people uh, put put something up because charity shops won't accept anything uh, with a plug. But I mean, we're, we're trying to get people to, to to declutter, but it's not to throw it all in for landfill. That's the no. worst thing we can do. Absolutely. And I'm totally, totally against like the skips, I suppose, in one way and landfill. I'd always say contacts on our phone. Facebook is absolutely a powerful tool to have on our phone 
and there is so many buy and sell and free sites and as well use your own timeline as well on Facebook. You know, if you have certain items, you know what, if there's baby items, if it's sippy cups, if it's, um, like for instance, I was to sell my buggy and uh, rapid toss, like that. I saw a post uh, for Sinead O'Crowley here who does great work here in Clannacilty and one part of my buggy went to the Ukraine and the other part went to the Cork Penny Dinners in Cork. Well done, well done. You know, yeah, so it's really just, yeah. you know, watching out, asking the question. I'm always, there's always someone contacting me privately in summary, where can I go with this or where can I donate it? And I'm all about re-educating people, where you can take stuff. And the recycling centre on the other side is a fantastic service to have. I'm there twice a week uh, with recycling, obviously. And if there's items you can't, obviously you can't salvage and they have to go to landfill, that's fair enough. But it's a fantastic service to use, say, for your metal, your glass, broken crockery, and as well as your recycling items, mattresses, and so on. Yeah, it's to keep as much out of landfill uh, as we can. Um, Anne-Marie, can it be hard to let go of things, especially if there is a sentimental attachment to them? Yes. And, you know, sentimental is different to everyone, Patricia, because your clutter and my clutter are totally different. And some people can be very, I suppose, emotionally attached items more than others. That's nothing wrong with that. We're all different. So when it comes to personal items, I'd always say like across uh, in my line of work would be say it could be love letters, it could be pin pen letters, be you'd be surprised it could be children's teeth from the tooth fairy. Yeah. Different things, right? Okay. okay yeah. I'd always say get a nice storage box. I put in any personal items that you like. You might want to obviously display them, but keep them together, group them. It's the same with the kids with the keepsakes, the artwork. It could be their first shoes. As I'm thinking now of my my keepsake box, it could be the first outfit for the kids uh, that they came home from hospital. It's different for everyone. Yeah, and you don't have to keep a huge amount to, ke- to keep those memories alive. Now, stay on children because Holly has three children under the age of six, busy household. How does Anne-Marie suggest keeping order in the children's bedroom, particularly when it comes to their toys? Toys. Now, obviously, every house and the layout of a house is differently. But I'd say if you could, if possible, try to keep toys to a minimal in the bedroom because it's affecting their sleep big time because that's ne- that's all energy that's going around and they're trying to you know um go to sleep it's their downtime so if you can even get nice little storage boxes ikea do a lovely kind of a cube shelving with little boxes but if you can and i've had i've had inquiries in the last few days is i'd always say if there's a room in the house that's not being used. And that's what I'm all about, utilising your house to its full potential. Dedicate a space or a corner to a playroom, if possible. 
Or what, you just, you just close the door then on it? Well, you don't have to put the close the door. What I'm hearing a lot from, and I know myself as a mother of three kids, is when toys, because toys seem to spill out into every area. They're mm. in the kitchen, they're in the bedroom, the bathroom, they're everywhere. If you can kind of say, look, that look, there is one area, and then look, kids will be kids. They'll come out, but at least you have an area, designated area for the toys. Yeah, and there's so many, like you can see all the supermarkets are selling very large storage boxes. There are ways to try and keep, uh, not necessarily order on the toys, but make them look a little bit tidier if the things are all placed back in the box at the end of the, the, the day. And I'd say with toys especially, always do a declutter coming up to Christmas and even after Christmas and for birthdays for the kids. I do it religiously here. And even like for my kids, they say... Ma'am, can I get like a treat or can I get something? They've got into the habit now, and I'm not being mean about it, but I'm going to say like if something is coming in, something has to go, because I've seen it with with clients, and it's they're so overwhelmed because there's so much toys. Of the price of toys, they're not cheap, and again, if you can, if the kids are finished with them, try selling them and get money back on them. That's another thing I'd always um, a tip I'd always give as well. Yeah, there's lots of those buy and sell uh, websites available where, yeah. where where people are looking for a bargain. And no, what you, what you mightn't want anymore could just be what somebody else is looking for. Jane has come on uh, to say she has what she describes as a very full wardrobe. Any tips from Anne-Marie to lessen the load? Where do you start on a wardrobe? So with the wardrobe for Jane and for any other the listeners um, who are hoping to tackle their wardrobe, with your wardrobe, ladies, and for Jane's as well, real time, right? Go through what you have not worn in the last 12 to 18 months. I know a lot of people will be saying, look, I've put on the COVID few pounds and maybe still we haven't lost them. But you have, your wardrobe has to be real time. Open your door of the wardrobe through the slide robe and be able to wear it there and then. I suppose as a niece, I'll hold on to that when I'll fit into it. When I'll have my bunion done, I'll be able to fit into those boots again. You have to be real. And every item that we put on our back, it has to fit, flatter, and make us feel good. Fit, flatter, and make us and feel make good. Us that's, feel good. That's, yeah, that's a good that's that's a good way to look at it because I think it's certainly all of us females and probably the men with the with the mm-hmm. not so much with the suits but us females, do you know those outfits that you buy for the wedding for a yeah. wedding or first sort of communion or confirmation you know the really special occasions, and we I, and I don't know why and I am guilty of sin of it, you wear it once and it's such a good outfit I keep that now you never wear it again. Yeah. And then it goes out of date and you think, oh, sure, I can't wear that now again. I, I, I don't know what the answer there is. Do you just get rid of it immediately or do you try to wear it more often? And I think, Patricia, no, I suppose over the years and I think with COVID, we're more open. Like we're not as, I suppose, to wear like, say, the mother, the bride. I think anything goes now. People are kind of more open that they want to get value, that they wear it again after that event. Mm-mm. So again, like like uh, Nora Hoggart in Ross Carberry, like she sells designer items on your behalf or wedding outfits. So I'm all about, again, getting money back. 
because if it's sitting in the wardrobe, as you mentioned, the style changes like fashion is so fast. It's fast fashion. The styles change, the colours change. Try if you feel you're not going to wear it, see if you can sell it, maybe alter it. Um, but again, like I know from my mother, she wore the office or the the outfit for our wedding and she wore it to bits. Well done. And well then done. The mind, they got real value out of it. That's the best way to do very it. Very flexible. Okay, and a final one in uh, from a listener saying, "Hi Trish, could you ask your expert who is Anne Marie Kingston of White Sage uh, Decluttering what to do about books? I'm a real hoarder of books." Books, great question. Again, I'd say if there's books that you start a book, and I'm not audibles at the moment, but if you can't get into books that you find they're very heavy and you just can't get into the plot of the story, I'd say maybe be shifting them on. Um, you'll hold on to books that you reread, reread all the time. Even go back to see if they're duplicates. I see a lot uh, in my line of work that there would be duplicates and triplicates of the same book. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because they can't see what they have. Again, mm. grouping all your books together is is very important. Okay, and Mary says, I have one final one. I have a bag of clothes that are really not wearable anymore. They've been well worn, but I think the fibres could be reused. Where would Anne-Marie suggest I take them? And again, that was going back to your question about recycling. And we all have them. I have a bag, I'll, I have two bags I think are ready to go with later on today. See, ladies, where you have that the socks are gone. There's a hole in the socks. The wire's gone in the bra. 
the elastics are gone in the undies. There's a lather up your tights. All those, and again, clothes that have been stained, they're ripped, they've gone out of shape, they might have shrunk in the dryer. They can all be recycled back into clothing again. So um, you take them to, you can take them to the, your local charity shop, and they have a permit to accept them. Oh, great. So they, okay. get, them, they get five euro per bag. Okay. So, so every black bag they fill the charity um, will get five euro back. Oh, that's good. So any of the charity shops. Okay, listen, you're a mine of information uh, as always, uh, Anne-Marie. And how can people contact you at White Sage Decluttering? So you can check me out on my webpage on www.whitesagedecluttering.com and I usually hang out um, on Facebook. Okay. And can I congratulate you? I know you've become president of uh, Network West Cork uh, so enjoy the year ahead. I know it'll be a busy one uh, for you, but I was de- I was delighted to see uh, that you got that position. Listen, Emery, a pleasure as always. We'll chat again. Thanks a million. Thanks, for, Thanks for joining us. Thank uh, bye bye. That is the lovely Anne-Marie uh, Kingston from White Sage Decluttering in Clonakilty. Today on the whole topic of decluttering and upcycling and reusing, because according to Repack, Ireland produced enough waste over the Christmas period to fill up to the first tier of Croke Park. And as a nation, we generated almost 100,000 tonnes of packaging waste this festive season. So uh, with tips and words of advice on waste, I'm joined from Repack by Seamus Clancy, their uh, CEO. Good morning to you, Seamus. Good morning, Patricia. Happy New Year and to you and all your listeners. Many happy returns. Are we, do you feel, getting more conscious about the waste that we generate, particularly over Christmas? Oh, absolutely, Patricia. But I must say, Anne-Marie has just been on there, has given us a new line for the new year to be fit, fit, flatter and feel good. And I think yeah. that this, there's a lesson for all of us out of that. And that really goes straight into the whole issue of what we've managed to deliver over Christmas in terms of the waste we've generated, almost 100,000 tonnes, as you said. And that's really, really where the economy is at the moment relative to last year, spoke went up last year. Uh, the volume of online packaging is just doubled again in one year. It's incredible. But I suppose the most thing of, uh, that you were talking about there earlier as well, like we're generating that in, that level of packaging waste over Christmas period. And generally, we lose about 25% of that because of contamination. And the reality of that, that's really waste of natural valuable resources. But what we are seeing, I suppose, from the public at large, because in Ireland we do, in, in the main, a very good job. We're up there on the top quartile in Europe in terms of performance. But if you think about that 25% contaminated, that's 25,000 tonnes. And that all happens because the very simple message of either putting into the recycling bin and making sure it's clean, dry, and it's loose. That there's loads of civic units throughout the country, and they're developing year on year. And then the whole area of the bottle bank, you know, the, the waste industry is a very big but silent job. It's done every Christmas. And we're really asking people to look, take your time. You don't need to clean everything out in one day. You don't need to declutter today. You can do it over a period of time. Use the resources that are out there, be it your dry recycling bin, be it the city community site, be it the bottle bank. Because all additional cleanup collections have been uh, running over Christmas to, to, to do that and to make that happen. And I, maybe I spoke to you again last year, Patricia. Like, we were probably the only country in Europe right throughout COVID 
that our, our waste recycling and collection services didn't stop during that period. Yeah, so they were fantastic. Yeah, and it, it, just to hear the, the contamination, it's it's uh, such a waste of, of waste. But it's to make sure that everyone knows, particularly we all have, um, well, most of us have recycling bins, curbside collection. It's never been easier for most households to do our recycling properly. But it's to make sure that everybody in the household knows what goes into each bin. Absolutely, and just to make it easy, when you think about it, simple make sure it's clean make sure it's dry make sure it's loose like the idea of putting your waste oils into the recycling bin not alone contaminates your bin but actually contaminates the full truck we've seen all sorts of things happen in that area so look it's it's very small messaging the majority of material that we now have in packaging is nearly all recyclable there's very little that isn't recyclable now so and and the technology in ireland has moved on hugely in terms of what the waste sector can do. So that's the simple message there on that. But I think one of the real positive things that's come out of the, the survey that we did of 2,600 people this Christmas was that <clears throat> there is this uh, movement in society as a whole towards reduction of consumption. We are talking about food waste earlier on there. That's a huge, huge issue still. Uh, you know, cleaning out your... your um, freezer and stuff like that and finding stuff at the back of the shelf that's out of date by a year and two years. Uh, we're also seeing that I think the people in the main are very conscious of the waste they're now generating. Uh, and we've seen that huge improvement in Ireland. And I think one of the fascinating things of the Christmas survey was the fact that 93% of kids, uh, people don't want them. So it just goes to show that we have this rush buying at Christmas time. Mm just for the sake of it. Uh, and <clears throat> along with that, you know, you, you ask yourself, what's the, what's the purpose of it all? So as a society, as a global community, we actually have to reduce the level of consumption we have if we're going to mind our planet. And if we're going to hit the new recycling targets that are coming out of Europe as well, so the Green Deal, the Central Economy Package, the Things International Directive, all of that are posing new challenges. And it's, it's a world that has challenges like that. 80% of everything placed on the market in Ireland comes from outside of Ireland in terms of packaging. So that's why we're always saying to people, please, you just buy locally. Like 3,400 members, Irish retailers and brands, and members of retail. And we're saying, please buy locally. Because not only are you supporting the economy, you're reducing the carbon footprint. Uh, like go down to your local bookshop and you talk about it, you get a new book that you want from the bookstore rather than ordering it online, for instance. You know, it comes in this big box and find, you find the book when you get rid of all the packaging around it. So it's more little steps. Yeah, it's it. it's frustrating it's if, you, if you do have to buy online. It, it, and, and I just found as well at Christmas, uh, uh, children's toys, the amount of packaging that comes with Christmas toys. But the one thing I was really glad uh, to see, uh, Christmas crackers that we very much identify with Christmas, I think all of them have dropped all those little plastic bits that used to be in all those yes. Christmas crackers. But absolutely. Like there's a huge sea change in relation to all the producers. They're very conscious of it. Like the other day, I bought new razors, uh, yeah, razors, and these come in all plastic before. It's now in a cardboard box that's fully recyclable. The same with your, your Christmas crackers. And you're also seeing more paper being used in Christmas crackers, not the silver foil at the back of the yeah, box yeah. that you can't actually recycle. 
which it's a very small proportion, but you can see that sea change. Likewise, you know, looking ahead even at Easter, you'll notice last year and the year before, and you'll see it again this year, there's less and less plastic in the Easter eggs that we're buying. It's nearly all paper and cardboard around them, which is fully recycled. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, as you say, make sure that you put it into the right bin and that it doesn't get contaminated in any way. And someone else is saying uh, when, when uh, about Christmas gifts, there isn't a household in the country that uh, people haven't received a gift that they don't really want. What should we do with unwanted gifts? I, I would say charity shops, um, Seamus, would you? I think it's charity shops, but also yeah. re-gifting as well. There's, there'll always be somebody that will like that gift. It's not necessarily because you don't. Uh, maybe, ah, but maybe, do, do, maybe, do maybe, maybe pawn it off. You know, can, can, I, can, can I just say on the regifting? Uh, because this came up on the program before Christmas. Make sure that you don't regift something back to somebody that they gave you. And and the other one is, do you tell somebody if you are regifting something? Do you say to somebody, by the way, I got that and I don't really want it, so I'm giving it to you instead. Well, I, I <laughs> sometimes silence is a, is a virtue. <laughs> and, uh, but but I would suggest you use a, 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 you use a what I'd say, a bag that you can reuse. Yeah. So and at least change the bag rather than handing That's it over it. again. <laughs> Don't <laughs> hand it out with the tag on it saying to Seamus, lots of love, Patricia. <laughs> Boy, who's, where did you get that from, Seamus? Okay. All right. Lots, lots and lots of uh, food for thought. But as a nation, we, uh, we are getting better at it though, aren't we, Seamus? I mean, that's the message we want to get through at the start of the year. Oh, absolutely. I think overall, the household in Ireland is doing really well. We still have a problem with contamination. Uh, but we're getting there, and it's reducing year on year. We have a bigger problem with businesses. Businesses are still not doing enough in terms of segregating and separating the waste. And I'm delighted that there's new legislation coming into effect from the middle of next year that's going to require all businesses to have a three-bin system, general waste bin, recycling bin, and a food waste bin. Because, again, I'm always staggered by the number of businesses that actually don't separate their waste it's also partly uh, a waste industry problem uh, in that they don't actually provide that level of service that's necessary to maximise recycling. And at the end of the day, recycling and collection of waste costs money. Mm. And that balance has to be right. And it isn't right in Ireland yet. But it is probably the lowest hanging fruit that we've got out there. So, you know, for businesses, they have to do a lot more. And there's going to be support for them to do that but also there's going to be a legislative bit of a stick as well now to change habits that haven't heretofore happened. Okay. All right. Listen, uh, Seamus, we leave it there. Thank you for that. No doubt we'll speak again during the year. But in Absolutely. The, in the meantime. Before you go, can I wish yeah. Bally Giblin the best of luck with the All-Ireland Junior Hurling Final on the 14th of January? Because you're a Bally Giblin man. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Seamus. <laughs> Happy Good New luck. Year to you again. Bye-bye. That is uh, Seamus Clancy, a Bally Giblin man who is CEO of uh, Repack. 0818-103-103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Court today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. 931 admitted patients are waiting for a hospital bed. They are the figures that have just been released this morning from the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation and that is a new record, 931 patients. It's actually 171 cases higher 
than the previous record for overcrowding in our A&E departments, which was set on the 19th of December last year when 760 patients were awaiting a bed. And I remember I was talking about the 760, thinking, my goodness, that's an incredible number. And now a new record set today, 931. The hospital worst affected is University Hospital in Limerick. And I really don't know what is going on with University Hospital Limerick, but they always seem to top the list when it comes to the number of people waiting on trolleys. 97 patients waiting there. And now these these are people who have been uh, seen and assessed by a doctor, a consultant who says, yes, this person needs to be admitted. These are not just people waiting in the A&E department to be treated. These are, are patients who have been assessed and it has been told that they need hospital treatment and they need to be in a hospital bed. So Limerick is the highest. And also here in Cork, we're not trotting far behind. 74 people are in hospital uh, are in trolleys waiting to get into a hospital bed at uh, CUH. St Vincent's Hospital in Dublin is next with 56 University Hospital Galway and Lesher Kenny uh, both have 52 patients awaiting. The INMO said 767 patients are on trolleys. They are languishing in the emergency departments and that's putting additional pressure on the emergency departments, which are already almost a breaking point. Then there's 164 on trolleys which are scattered around the hospital, I suppose, to make some kind of room down in the emergency department. And then saddest of all, 26 of them are children who have been admitted into hospital without a bed. And earlier, actually, and we were running this uh, as a news story earlier, they, uh, the HSE from early this morning were urging people who were seeking medical care to consider all of their options before going anywhere near a hospital emergency department. And earlier today, the reason that they issued that appeal was they said that, that they were currently going through one of the busiest ever periods experienced by the health service in this country. In the statement this morning, the HSC said that we're warning patients that they will regrettably experience long wait times if you do decide to go to the emergency department. But obviously they did stress that urgent patients will be prioritised for treatment and for care. The statement then went on to advise people that if you are unwell or you have a member of your family unwell, to go to places like your community pharmacist, to contact your GP, to go to your GP out of hours service. Don't forget the minor injury units. I mean, we've got some great ones uh, here in Cork, certainly in the county, the one in Mallow and the one in Bantry. They're saying all of them can be visited by people who were unwell. Uh, uh, but please, they're saying to people, don't turn up at the hospital unless it is absolutely uh, necessary. Now, a lot of it is to do with cases of COVID-19 and influenza they are continuing to rise uh, rapidly while RSV cases this is this really really nasty uh, chest infection that had been declining for several weeks but unfortunately now it's on the increase again and anyone that I know who has picked up this RSV say it is 10 times worse than COVID and this was people who had had COVID in the past and thought with, with COVID they were sick it was only when they got RSV they realised just how unwell they were so it's a system that is really creaking at the seams at the moment but we've now set a new record 
for the number of patients waiting on a hospital bed at 931 and we think of all of them lying on trolleys waiting to get into a hospital bed got up them all 0818103103 some of your calls and comments uh, coming in now we've been talking on the program today about sort of recycling and upcycling and passing on things and you know decluttering and doing the best you can particularly when it comes to the amount of waste that we've all generated over uh, Christmas and one of the points that came up was about unwanted Christmas uh, gifts and it was Seamus Clancy made the point about re-gifting them and I said you've got to be very careful about re-gifting though because the danger is if you don't remember who gave you the gift you could really insult somebody by giving somebody back a gift that perhaps they gave you last year well one of our listeners says that exact same thing happened to me a few years and it was a few years in a row I actually got back the same presents that I gave to somebody I was actually quite disappointed as it was a relative of mine so you do have to be very careful about re-gifting uh, that you don't give it back to the same person and I remember before Christmas and we did just didn't get a chance to get around to it we did have an email in from one of our listeners who said that during the summer she had re-gifted a gift to her sister-in-law. Now, it was a piece of jewellery that she had received, our listener had received from work colleagues. I think she was leaving work and, you know, the way that people give presentations, whatever. And it was a piece of jewellery that she said wasn't her style and she was never going to wear it. It was you know, quite an expensive piece of jewellery. And she decided that she would pass that on and give that as a gift to her sister-in-law. But she didn't tell her sister-in-law that it she had been given it at work as a gift and she didn't tell her that she was re-gifting it. She wrapped it up and gave it to her sister-in-law as a birthday present during the year. Somewhere along the line, someone in the family told the sister-in-law, you know that necklace that you got from X? Well, she actually was re-gifting that. She got it from a work uh, colleague and that hugely upset the sister-in-law who then sent on a message on Christmas week saying you needn't bother buying for Christmas because I don't want any more of your old tat like you gave me for my birthday present. And the end of the message was see you on Christmas Day. So I don't know what happens on Christmas Day in that particular household. So you do have to be careful around regifting. I don't know how people feel about regifting. Have you regifted yourself in the past? If you are regifting an item, do you tell the person? that you're re-gifting do you say to somebody look I got this last year at Christmas don't really want it I've decided to give it to you this Christmas instead but that would make you sound really mean wouldn't you if, if you were doing that but you do as that listener says you do have to be really really careful about uh, re-gifting something has that ever happened to you that you actually got back a gift as our listeners had there twice it's happened to her from the same relative who's given her back a present that she has given her on a previous year. Uh, it'd be interesting your thoughts on that. 0818 uh, 103 103. And then on the whole decluttering and passing things on to charity shops or recycling them or just making sure that you just, just don't dump everything into landfill. And that I thought Anne-Marie from White Sage Decluttering made the point. The one thing she hates, and a lot of people do this if they're having a good old clean out in the house, you'll see a skip placed in somebody's garden and their idea and way of 
decluttering is to just put everything into the skip and of course that's all going to end up in landfill which is a real shame particularly if some of the items could be uh, reused uh, JC listening to us in Crosshaven says hi Patricia uh, why not have a mini car boot sale you could do it from your house or you could go to get a stall in a car boot sale uh, and then give away the rest you could make some money out of it you could indeed and actually somebody else was on to say was it by text I got this this is a good one uh, to say uh, Sheila hi Sheila hi Patricia for years and years I was holding on to books I was holding on to ornaments and I was holding on to certain pieces of furniture now a lot of it there was a sentimental attachment to it but I simply was running out of space in the house so I needed to do something about it so I took photographs of everything and I put them into auctions I made a nice bit of money from the sale of my items I now still have all the memories only now they're in photographic form and the best thing is I've more space in my house and I'm richer says uh, Sheila happy new year many happy returns so that's a good point you could do that as well particularly if you've got items I mean uh, I, I don't know whether it was Anne-Marie said it as well there are a lot of those buy and sell websites that you can put things up on as well I mean if you've got large pieces of furniture which I'm assuming is what Sheila did going to an auction and sell them on you know somebody else will love to have what you no longer need or want thank you for that uh, Sheila and Rower Charity Shop in Bantry they said they would be very very thankful for receiving unwanted uh, Christmas uh, gifts and listen uh, as somebody else said there isn't a house in the country where a gift didn't arrive this Christmas and for whatever reason you either have enough of the item or you didn't like the item it wasn't to your taste uh, and what do you do with it if you don't want to go down that road of regifting? certainly bring them into any of the charity shops they would be only too thrilled with it and I'm sure all of the charity shops will back me up by saying that in January and February they get an amount of brand new items I know I had a friend of mine who was a teacher and that end of year um, at Christmas but also it happens in June children arriving in with all of the gifts I don't know if it's still as popular now uh, there was a stage at one stage where schools had to actually come out and start stop telling parents to buy to stop them buying the amount of gifts but a lot of teachers will leave on the last day of the Christmas break having to load up their boots uh, boots of their car with presents and many of them that they simply don't want there's only so many candles I take it a teacher can burn so a lot of teachers I know certainly use their local charity shop and will bring in brand new gifts and you'll see them they'll all be on sale in the coming weeks and months in all of our wonderful charity shops and somebody else when we were talking about with uh, Seamus Clancy of Repack about contamination of our recycled items. Somebody says a lot of can- contamination is caused by fly tipping. Well, no, I think the contamination that Seamus was talking about are our own wheelie bins, you know, the wheelie bins that we all have in our own homes for dry recycling. That if you've got to be very careful what you put into that bin because it's in that bin where the contamination is happening. And then obviously the bin men arrive, they take the rubbish, put it all in. And all of your neighbours might have been really, really good at making sure that everything that went into the dry recycling were items that were clean, dry, 
and then all you would all it will need is one or two wheelie bins that have mixed their waste in with the dry recycling that ends in on that ends up on top of all of the other items that everyone's been very careful about recycling and he gave us that figure that 25 percent of what goes into recycling ends up getting to contaminated so that's maybe is a new year's resolution for all of us just to be really really careful about what you put in to your recycling bin and that you make sure everybody in the household is um, aware of what goes into what bin because i think it's never been easier for us to recycle i mean i think i'm very lucky the bin company i'm with i've got four large wheelie bins i've got one for glass I've got one for the dry recyclable. I've got the wonderful composting bin, which I think is fantastic. And then I have the one for landfill. And I have to say the one that I put out the least has got to be the one for landfill. There's very little ends up in that one. And it's because the bin company are making it so much easier for everything to be collected curbside collection. 0818103103 on on post with problems with on post. Melanie and Douglas was on to say I've had the very same problem as some of your listeners earlier regarding uh, post this Christmas. I got no post before Christmas and then suddenly after Christmas everything seemed to arrive at once. Christmas cards that I sent in plenty of time before Christmas only arriving this week. I'm wondering with the extra surge in the run up to Christmas was it simply too much for on post? I, I don't know. I mean, if you think back to during last year, during COVID times, when so many people were using on post because people were buying items online because they weren't able to get out to local shops uh, and uh, they managed to, you know, they, they're well used to the surge that they get every Christmas. And this year, if anything, there was less coming in from the UK because of the uh, the postal strike over there now whether that all came in in very large amounts then when they went back to work I don't know but I know John Paul is, is getting on to on post uh, just to see if they can explain why we seem to be getting complaints in about people saying that they've never seen this year more than ever uh, post seems to be uh, delayed and then John and Mallow was on to us to say that the Tip O'Neill Park which got fantastic refurbishment work uh, done last year is absolutely fabulous but there's a but coming from John in Mallow the street lights around the park according to John they only ever worked for one night and he said the park is in darkness most uh, evenings what is going on well we've put a call through to Cork County Council just to find out what is going on with the lighting at the wonderful new Tipo New Park. I haven't seen it at night, so I can't back up your story, uh, John. As I say, I've seen it during the day and it really is uh, fabulous. 0818103103. Keep your calls coming. John Paul's taking calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862. 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. Shambalimore Bingo, that's on tonight at 8 o'clock. They've got a jackpot of €3,500. It'll be in 50 calls or less, and all are welcome. And tomorrow, Wednesday, Boherbree Tidy Towns, in conjunction with Murphy's Pharmacy, are holding an Operation Transformation event again this year. That's after a two-year absence due to COVID. The event will start tomorrow, Wednesday night at 7pm at the Community Rooms. Now, the weigh-in will be at 7pm and then the walk will start around the five kilometres of the fully lit footpaths of Boherbury and that will happen every Wednesday night for eight weeks and they'll finish up on the 1st of March. And also tomorrow, Wednesday, the monthly Mass in honour of St. Pio 
in St. Joseph's Church in Lismar. Eight o'clock tomorrow evening, all are welcome. And social dancing will go ahead in the Marion Hall in Ballinhasic on Friday night, the 6th of January. Music is by the Singing Jarvie. The new dance time now is 9pm until 12 midnight admission, 10 euro, and that does include teas. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. On the whole issue of um, upcycling Christmas presents and re-gifting used, or re-gifting uh, presents that you received, that for whatever reason you don't like it and you decide to re-gift it onto somebody else and some people just get very insulted when they realise that it was a re-gifted present so you've got to be very very careful that you don't end up giving the present the same present back to somebody who maybe gave you that present a previous year but listen to this one Hi Patricia I got used makeup from my sister-in-law for Christmas now there wasn't broken bits in it but there was finger marks in the eyeshadow etc so it had been opened and unused I was really upset about this as I bought lovely gifts for them. I knew, for example, that she loved Yankee Candles. I got her one of the large ones. They're not cheap, cheap items. And I also gave her a voucher for Dunn's stores. Now, I didn't mention it to my brother as he would be uh, hurt. Uh, but I'm really hurt by my, by my sister. That's, an, that's a dreadful thing to do. Whatever about giving a gift that has never been used, while some people might find it, find it insulting, but to actually pawn off something that had been used and then that you think oh, they won't even notice that there's finger fingerprints in the eyeshadow. I think, yeah, I can see why you wouldn't say it to your brother because you don't want to hurt your brother. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe try and drop a very, very subtle hint into your sister-in-law that you are aware that she not only is regifting something, but regifting something that she already uh, used. And then there was also one in from somebody just, oh, this is all on the decluttering one and getting rid of you know, old clothes that are in your wardrobe and somebody was asking about clothes that, you know, can't go to a charity shop because they can't be reused because there might be rips or tears in them. Somebody says, hi, Patricia, happy new year, many happy returns on decluttering pennies in the Crescent shopping centre. They take old clothes which have tears or broken zips, etc. And UNICEF benefit from the old clothes, which is a great cause. Yeah, and and Marie... um, from White Sage to Clustering pointed out that the charity shops do this. Any of your local charity shops, you can now. I would imagine put it into a separate bag and maybe mark that they're you know they're not they're not for sale. Uh, but they bag off all those old torn clothes etc and well worn uh, and they can sell them on and make money for the charities as well, uh, which is fantastic. And then oh and on the contamination in your wheelie bin somebody was saying that it's caused by fly tipping what the person meant to say uh, in their text was that people at night throw rubbish into your bin and that can contaminate what is in it so you do have to be careful about that as well particularly people who perhaps put their bins out the night before thank you i misunderstood when the person said fly tipping i thought it was fly tipping out in the countryside was what you were actually uh, talking about and then a number of people on when i mentioned about the hospital and the situation. We've got a new record now for the number of people on trolleys. Somebody is wondering about our Minister for Health and is our Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, really up for the job? Does he not need to be uh, replaced? And there's no word from Leo Varadkar, who is now our current Taoiseach. 
he is probably on his holidays says somebody uh, something needs to be done about what's happening in our hospitals and then Michael says Patricia how are you doing happy new year many happy returns to you and the team uh, I really feel that like what we did at the start of COVID do we not do we not now need to bring private hospitals into service to ease the pressure on the public hospitals even if they only do it for a short period of time what is happening at our hospitals today is really really scary people will die says Michael and I think you make a very valid point and and the government were very quickly able to bring all of the private hospitals in remember they did that at the start of uh, COVID and in many occasions the private hospitals they didn't even get to use them but remember there was all that fear because we were watching of what was happening in other countries in particular it was Italy remember what had happened in Italy in sort of the weeks ahead of us and the COVID outbreak uh, here and we saw desperate situations coming out of Italy and of course our government and our health service were fearful that the same thing would happen here and that was one of the things that they did all of the private hospitals came in under the uh, HSC so Michael's point is right it has been done before and when you're looking at that record that we have today of 931 patients who have been deemed that they need a hospital bed or as we speak lying on uh, trolleys and that is a new record that's a crisis that really is a crisis and something needs to be done ASAP thank you for your text uh, Michael to 086 103103 and hi Patricia as we turn the page on a new GAA calendar year we thankfully get to celebrate Nulig Naman this week which also marks the end of Christmas the fantastic Mallow GAA Ladies Committee have organised a special night in the clubhouse it's this coming Saturday night so that all of the women in our lives can meet and party the night away and actually can I say isn't it great that uh, Nulig Naman is happening across the weekend because it's normally in the middle of the week. Anyway, all proceeds from the night will be going to the National Children's Ambulance uh, Service and for just €15, you'll get mulled wine on arrival, finger food and music on till late and the men can also contribute by buying some raffle tickets and there are some amazing prizes to be won and that's from all the gang at the Mallow GAA uh, Complex. Thank you for that. That sounds like a great night. It's not actually on Nulig the Man is Friday, isn't Friday the 6th? Where are we at? Today is the 3rd, 4th, 5th and 6th. Yeah, it's on, on uh, Saturday, this Saturday night, a special night for all of the ladies. And well done to the Mallow GAA Ladies Committee for organising that event. It sounds like fun. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Now just quickly, some of your calls in. Katrina makes a good point on the eyeshadow and the woman who got the present from the sister-in-law uh, and there was fingerprints in the eyeshadow that had been used before. Uh, somebody says if there were small children in that house, they sometimes can sneak into presents and try them without the parent noticing. Maybe something like that happened in giving the sister-in-law the benefit of the doubt. It could be. It could well be something like that. Somebody wants to know, can biscuit tins be put into recycling? I don't know the answer to that. If anyone in recycling can tell us biscuit tins can they be recycled Trish in Blackpool says the clothes bins that many people will be familiar with the ones that you pull down the drum and put in your used clothes into I spoke with one of the operators of these bins and once you put any type of material into those bins all of them they can make use of 
anything that's wearable will go to charity shops but clothes that are not of the best quality they can be stripped and they're often used and they're sold on as cloths for mechanics etc so please don't put any materials into landfill there will be a use for them somewhere and finally thanks to Margaret in Donnerell emailing in patricia at c103.ie hi Patricia happy new year many happy returns here's a great idea we did it a few months ago at the Donnerell push for charity if you've got got what I call smallies it's a smallies or smellies smellies sorry I thought smallies we take them out of the boxes and we make up little hampers for hospitals and nursing homes many times people will use only one thing out of a gift item and then the rest of those smelly little things will languish in the bathroom it might be shower gel it might be Um, hand cream etc they can be used by carers looking after vulnerable people who might not have family members to buy for them the hampers can be placed in a communal area and people can take what they need it's a great way to pay forward and that is a terrific idea Uh, well done thank you for that uh, Margaret and someone else was on to say hi Patricia did I hear earlier on your programme that there's a lady in Roscarbury who sells good occasional clothes like mother of the bride outfits you did this from Mary in West Cork you did I asked it was when I was speaking with Anne-Marie of White Sage Decluttering and she mentioned Hubbard's in Ross Garbury and they take in the, you know, the mother of the bride or maybe an expensive item you bought for communions or confirmations and they sell it on. Thank you for your calls and comments uh, coming into the programme today but time for me to uh, say good afternoon and happy new year to Joe Heffernan. Good afternoon to you Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. Many happy returns. I hope 2023 is a good one for yourself, myself and all the listeners. We're keeping our fingers crossed uh, for sure. Did you survive Christmas without getting unwell? There were so many bugs and viruses during the rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, On that basis, got through it pretty well. Okay. There's a lot of Um, people sick. uh, Well, yeah, we we would have our worry... uh, all the time really about Ken but um, yeah yeah things are th- there's nothing dramatically bad anyway good that is, that is good to hear <laughs> yeah. okay and I've been talking earlier um, and some of our listeners were uh, disappointed that Christmas presents didn't arrive in the post on time and post oh, arriving yeah. late you had an issue with some Amazon deliveries oh it was ridiculous I was getting um, emails to beat the band um one of them said that uh, uh, our parcel had arrived on the 23rd and handed to the residents. Well, it was all news to us. And uh, we checked with um, some couriers or whatever would drop off stuff in the super value of the uh, pharmacy. And we checked and uh, no, not a thing. And... Um, then it was um, attempted delivery, which, uh, quite frankly, by the end of it, um, uh, to be to be honest about it, Patricia, we just thought we were being led up the garden path that um, that these emails were a joke. And then um, for a finish up, then that uh, our parcel would arrive on the twenty seventh, which wasn't much good. Was it a and, Christmas uh, present? And eventually, then. Um, it actually arrived on the 28th. Was it a Christmas present? Yeah. Ah, yeah, a couple God. of books. It's yeah. so disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, uh, I mean, what was really annoying was being, I'd nearly consider it being codded along with um, attempted delivery. And um, <laughs> the one for the 23rd was hilarious, like that we had been handed 
the uh, fashion uh, never happened. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, um, could it make is. a thing twice. Yeah, um, and, and I know it's it's one of the things we're always saying to people, where possible, try and shop locally, but it isn't always possible for a certain item. I know we had a delivery that like that, it was uh, something my husband had sent off for, and there was the message back saying it had been delivered and it wasn't uh, delivered. Yeah. And I checked with our neighbours, because often uh, some couriers will use the house next door, and they said, no, they had been in, and there was no, nobody had called to them. And sounds very strange, so we we got on to the courier company. They said, oh, no, it was delivered. I said, well, if it was, it didn't arrive to this house. And it turned out there was a house down the road that it had been delivered to. And uh, it, it, we eventually got it. But there was so much toing and froing and, you know, and it very clearly was that was our name and address on it. And it gets delivered to a wrong uh, household. And we did. We got it in the end, but uh, it did cause consternation with phone calls yeah, and emails. Yeah, and just, I was you don't need it. Well yeah, you just, these, yeah, you just don't emails, need it. Emails, you know, okay. more to be doing. Yeah, you do. You do. And today we are talking about hope and optimism. Yeah. And and it's it's what we all need going into Uh, 2023. There's an awful lot of that anyway with Amazon. Yes, there is. um, Okay, you want the power of optimism. The power of optimism. Um, I was reading an article there, Jory, last Sunday about, you know, we've often heard it, we've often mentioned it, that we need to have... um, three positive thoughts for every uh, one negative thought. Um, And some days that's not very feasible. But there are a few quotations that I found helpful anyway. One was um, Bishop Desmond Tutu, the famous South African, um, uh, I think, Archbishop. Wonderful Um, man. Hope is being able to see that there is a light despite all the darkness. Um, another one was um, uh, Albert Einstein. Um, learn from yesterday, live for today, and hope for tomorrow. And I suppose, Patricia, if we give up hope, um, you know, we're not in a good place at all. Because hope is good for the soul, mind, and body. And um, another quotation, a proverb there, he who has health has hope. And he who has hope has everything. And I presume that goes for she as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, You know, uh, another one from Martin Luther King was, we need to accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Um, So these little things um, can help us. Um, Another uh, nice one from the Dalai Lama, was remember that sometimes not getting what you want is a wonderful stroke of luck. Um, yeah, and how many no, times again, I wouldn't uh, yeah. be applying that one to the Amazon. No, for, um, but 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 when you look back on life, you know sometimes particularly if there was a huge disappointment, and then something else happened, and you think, God, I was so disappointed, but that the next thing that happened would never have happened if that door hadn't been closed on me. That so, has so. happened to us so yeah, many times. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone yeah. goes through life and, and will be able to identify uh, with that. But yeah. but hanging on yeah. to hope, and how often uh, do you hear when, you know, somebody's unwell, where there's life, there's hope. I mean, you know, people, you, we just have to hang on to, even when everything around you seems to be going wrong, just never give up on that hope that things will turn around. Yeah, and you could also say, well, there's hope, there's life. Yeah, you know, yeah, to kind of yeah. turn that one around slightly. Because optimism um, helps us 
in life, um, it can help us to succeed because, I mean, if we feel, ah, sure, I won't be able anyway, well, then we tend to not even try because it's been proven that optimism makes us healthier and more more able to fend off many illnesses, um, especially when we get to middle age. Um, optimism makes us less likely to be depressed. Optimism helps us to recover quicker from surgery. Well, I, I can go along with that one. I had a surgery in November, and I kind of felt, um, you know, I'll be fine in five or six days. And I was. Mm. Um, whereas if I kind of adopted the thing of that, um, oh, this will ruin Christmas and I'll be, you know. So it was grand. Um, uh, no, unfortunately, I'm heading for a bit more of it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, but you... But you just have to have to keep uh, keep that optimism because I think we all know people who will always see the glass half empty rather than it being half full. Yeah, yeah. We we often spoke when we were talking um, on our uh, Tuesdays um, about uh, you know gratitude um, that um, that. We should try and find three things that we are grateful for at the end of every day. And it isn't difficult. I mean, um, if I'm in bed and, uh, you know, uh, that's a start. I'm, I'm in a nice, comfortable bed. Um, I have a roof over my head. And I had um, uh, a meal or meals today that were, you know, uh, nourishing and, and, and good. Um, now, that would apply to most of us, uh, most days. And um, so it's no harm at all to bring those, uh, for example, um, to mind uh, at the end of a day. Now, there might be several other things that, um, you know, something good might have happened. Um, I, I might have won the lotto that day or something like that. But, I mean... Uh, those particular three are ones that I kind of rely on a lot because um, they're true and and they're you know they're they're pretty permanent. Um, so uh, on on the other hand, then I think it has been proven um, that pessimism, on the other hand, uh, means that we expect things to go badly, and if we expect things to go badly. Um, they often will go badly. Um, I mean, pessimism highlights the flaws we see in ourselves. You know, I wouldn't be able. I don't think I'd manage that. Um, and apparently, um, uh, um, a, a, a well-recognized um, uh, study found that pessimists tend to be 19% more likely to die prematurely. Imagine. That's, I mean, that's a that's a, a a striking figure, isn't it? Uh, but, but I mean, but and and I know um, a pessim, somebody who who is always very pessimistic. They're more likely to be depressed, and we'll all know people that are like that who are always seeing the dark side of every situation. And the flip of that is, we'll all know people who always manage to see the bright side, and the the people who always manage to see the bright side and the. The, the the optimistic side of life they're the ones that you want to be around they are they are indeed I remember when um, many 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 years ago um, when I was going to college um, 
there was a guy and he was known as it was very cruel but he was known as gloom and doom um, yeah. because any time that you'd meet him honest to god um you know the world was ending anyway and um we we were all doomed but today of course it's very very difficult to be optimistic i mean um I, I, I suppose we should try to limit our exposure to all the terrible bad news um, that we hear daily. You know, uh, people being killed in Ukraine, people having no homes, people having no heat, having uh, no light. Um, uh, then we hear, oh, there's a, a new... Um, uh, upsurge in um, in COVID and the hospitals are under extreme pressure. Um, so I I won't go on because it would be contradicting what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, yeah. Is that maybe we need to limit how much we expose ourselves to all this um, gloom and doom. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just to try and keep that sunny side out and that sense that hope, that hope that you know no matter what. There is light, and there, yes. there and there will, and there will be light. And while you could be going through a very dark period at the moment, you know, please God, you'll come out the other side, and you'll be able to look back on this period of your life and think, I shouldn't have been so worried, or I shouldn't have been so downbeat. Yeah. Okay, and you want to end up with what with what is a lovely proverb? I do um, a Sanskrit proverb, um, and it says, "For yesterday is but a dream." And tomorrow is only a vision. But today, well lived, makes every yesterday a dream of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. Look well, therefore, to this day. That's lovely. That is really lovely. OK, with hope in our hearts, we will leave you, um, Joe, and we'll chat to you next Tuesday. Absolutely. Thanks a million. Take care. Take care. That is the uh, the wonderful Joe Heffernan who runs a counselling practice in Bohabri. Uh, Joe's number is 086-834-8145. Uh, 086-834-8145. We were talking about um, post and people waiting on packages and parcels to arrive. Elizabeth was on to say, I'm still waiting for a Christmas present that I ordered online for my daughter. I ordered it on the 28th of November. Here we are on the 3rd of January and it still hasn't arrived. The only downside is that Elizabeth said, I think it had to come through the UK. Now, if it's an item coming through the UK, then you can be almost guaranteed that there's going to be a delay on that, even though I was speaking with some relatives of mine uh, who were over with us for Christmas from the UK and they were saying that they were giving priority to parcels because I had sent over some parcels and while well, they took extra long time they did they did arrive on time uh, but they were giving priority to parcels but that was internally I don't know about the ones that have to come out of the, the country and arrive in Ireland and then be sorted uh, here so hang in there uh, Elizabeth uh, hopefully it'll arrive and, and but disappointing for your daughter that the Christmas present doesn't arrive in time for Christmas and on what's going on in CUH Joan in Cove says I pay private health insurance I have done I've paid it all of my life currently I'm paying €1,300 a year. My suggestion is if I go into Cork University Hospital bearing in mind that there's a record number waiting for beds, why am I put put in with people who are there as public patients? Why am I not directed to a private room? At the end of the day, I'm paying for my private health insurance. Or better still, why am I not directed 
straight away to a private hospital. Surely that would take pressure off public hospitals if people with private health insurance went to private hospitals instead. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Have a very good afternoon. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.